Okay, guys, this has been the first time in months since I will post a episode. I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. Um, I know a lot of you probably think I might have just stopped posting, but I haven't. I'm here. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I've just... Yeah, I've had a lot of stuff going lately. And, <clears throat> yeah, um, you're, you're speaking with a 13-year-old now, which is pretty cool. Um, should update that soon. But, anyway, I'm sorry I haven't posted often. Um, I really want to get back to that. Um, I've thought about the podcast quite a couple times during these few months. And I'm, I'm really happy to get back into it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've seen the messages and I've seen the stats and that sort of stuff. And it is incredible how many of you guys have actually stuck beside me while I was gone. I got tons of just views and tons of listeners and people just sending in lots of support. It's been really great, guys. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, so this is just me coming back and, yeah, ready to read a new chapter. I'm going to be out of practice, so please forgive me if I make a few mistakes. It will get better over time. Anyway, I'm, I'm, anyway I, I'm really happy to be back, guys. I really am. Let's, without further ado, let's jump straight into it. Okay, guys, let's start. Since the disastrous episode of the Pixies, Professor Lockhart had not brought live creatures to class. Instead, he read passages from his books to, to them, and sometimes reenacted some of the more dramatic bits. He usually picked Harry to help him with these reconstructions. So far, Harry had been forced to play a simple Transylvanian villager whom Lockhart had cured, cured of a babbling curse, a yeti with a head cold, and a vampire who had been unable to eat anything except lettuce since Lockhart had dealt with him. Harry was hauled to the front of the class during the very next Defense Against the Dark Arts lesson, and this time acting a werewolf. If he hadn't had a very good reason for keeping Lockhart in a good mood, he would have refused to do it. Nice loud howl, Harry. Exactly. And then, if you'll believe it, I pounced like this, slammed him to the floor. Thus, with one other hand, I managed to hold him down. Then with my other, I put my wand to his throat. And then I screwed up my remaining strength and performed the immensely difficult, complex homorphous charm. He let out a high, piteous moan. Go on, Harry. Higher than that. Higher than that. Good. The fur vanished, the fangs shrank, and he turned back into a man. Simple, yet effective. And another village will remember me forever as the hero who delivered them from the monthly terror of werewolf attacks. The bell rang, and Lockhart got to his feet. Homework. Compose a poem about my defeat of the Wagga Wagga Werewolf. Signed copies to mag- Magical Me to the author of the best one. The class began to leave. Harry returned to the back of the room, where Hermione and Ron were waiting. Ready? Harry muttered. Just wait until everyone's gone, said Hermione, nervously. All right. She approached Lockhart's desk, a piece of paper clutched tightly in her hand. Harry and Ron right behind her. Uh, Professor Lockhart? 
Professor Lockhart? Hermione stammered. I I just wanted to to get this book out of the library, j- just just for background background reading. She held out her piece of paper, her hand shaking slightly. But 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 the thing is, it's 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 in the restriction section of the library, uh, so I would need a teacher to sign for it. I'm I'm sure you would help me understand what you said in about gadding with ghouls about slow acting venoms. Ah, gadding with ghouls," said Lockhart, taking the note from Hermione and smiling wide, widely at her. Possibly my very favorite book. You enjoyed it. Oh yes," said Hermione eagerly. "So clever the the way you trapped that last one with the tea strainer." Well, I'm sure no one would mind me giving my best student in the year a little extra help," said Lockhart warmly, and he pulled out an enormous peacock quill. "Yes, nice, isn't it?" he said, misreading the revolted look on Ron's face. "I usually save it for book signings." He scrawled his enormous loopy signature on the note and handed it back to Hermione. "So, Harry," said Lockhart, while Hermione folded the note with fumbling fingers and slipped it into a bag. Tomorrow is the first Quidditch match of the season, I believe. Gryffindor against um, Slytherin, is it not? I hear you're a useful player. I was seeker too. I was asked to try for the national squad, but preferred to dedicate my life to the eradication of the dark forces. Still, if you ever need, then if you ever, if if you feel the need for a little private training, don't hesitate to ask. Always happy to pass my on my ex- expertise to less able players. Harry made an indistinct noise in his throat and then hurried off <coughs> after Ron and Hermione. I don't believe it, he said, as <coughs> the three of them examined the signature on the note. He didn't even look at what book we wanted. That's because he's a brainless git, said Ron. But who cares? We got what we needed. He is not a brainless git, said Hermione, shrilly as they half ran towards the library, just because he said you were the best student in the year. They dropped their voices and entered the muffled stiffness stillness of the library. Madam Pince, the librarian, was as, was a thin, irritable woman who looked like an who looked like an underfed vulture. Moist potent potions? she repeated suspiciously, trying to take the note from Hermione, but Hermione wouldn't let it go. I was wondering if I could keep it. She said breathlessly. Oh, come on, said Ron, wrenching it from her grasp and thrusting it at Madame Pince. We'll get you another autograph. Lockhart will sign anything if it stands still long enough. Madame Pince held up the note to the to the light, but as though determined to detect a forgery. But, she, but it passed the test. She stalked away between the, the lofty shelves and returned several minutes later, carrying a large and mouldy book. Hermione put it into, carefully into her bag and they left trying not to walk too quickly or look too guilty. Five minutes later, they were barricaded in Moaning Myrtle's out-of-order bathroom once again. Hermione had overridden Ron's objections by pointing out it was the last place anyone in their right minds would go, so they were guaranteed some privacy. Moaning Myrtle was was, um, crying noisily in her cubicle, but they were ignoring her, and she them. Hermione opened moist, potent potions carefully, and the three of them bent over the damp-spotted Ed pages. It was clear from a glance why it belonged in the restriction se- section. Some of the potions had effects that were almost too gruesome to think about, and there were some very unpleasant illustrations, including a man who had been turned inside out, and a witch that had several pairs 
of arms and legs out of her head. Here it is, said Hermione excitedly, as she found the page headed the Polyjuice Potion. It was decorated with drawings of people halfway through transforming into other people. Harry sincerely hoped the artist had imagined the looks of intense pain on their faces. This is the most complicated potion I've ever seen, said Hermione, as they leached, as they scanned the recipe. Lacewing flies, leeches, fluxweed, and knotgrass, she murmured, running her finger down the list of ingredients. Well, they're easy enough. They're in the student store cupboard, and we can help our, we can help ourselves. Ooh, look, powdered hoarder, pounded, powdered horn of a bicorn. I don't know where we're gonna get that. Oh, and shredded skin of a boomslang. That'll be tricky too. And, of course, a bit of whatever of whoever we want to change into. Excuse me," said Ron sharply. "What do you mean, a bit of whoever we're changing into? I'm not. I'm not. I'm drinking nothing with crab's toenails in it." Hermione continued as, as though she hadn't heard him. We don't have to worry about that yet, though, because we had those bits last. Ron turned speechless to Harry, who had another worry. Do you realize how much we're going to have to steal, Hermione? Shredded skin of boom swelling. That's definitely not in the student's cupboard. What are we going to do? Break into Snape's private stores? I don't think this is a good idea. Hermione snapped the book shut. Well, if you, if you two are going to chicken out... Fine, she said. There were bright pink patches on her cheeks, and her eyes were brighter than usual. I don't want to break rules, you know. I think threatening Muggleborns is far worse than brewing up a difficult potion. But if you don't want to find out if it's Malfoy, I'll go straight to Madame Pince and hand the book back in. I'd never thought I'd see the day when you'd be persuading us to break rules, said Ron. Alright, we'll do it. But no toenails, okay? How long will it take to make anyway? said Harry, as Hermione, looking happier, opened the book again. Well, the fluxweed has got to be picked at the full moon, and, lake w and the lace wings have to be stewed for 21 days. I'd say it'll be ready in about a month, if we can get all the ingredients. A month, said Ron. Malfoy could have attacked half the muggle-borns in the school by then. But Hermione's eyes narrowed dangerously again, and he added swiftly, but it's the best plan we've got, so full steam ahead, I say. However... While Hermione was checking that the coast was clear for them to leave the bathroom, Ron muttered to Harry, It'll be a lot less hassle if you can just knock Malfoy off this broom tomorrow. Harry woke up early on Saturday morning and lay for a while thinking about the coming Quidditch match. <clears throat> he was nervous, mainly the thought of what Wood would say if Gryffindor lost, but also the idea of facing a team mounted on the fastest racing brooms gold could buy. He had never wanted so badly to beat Slytherin. After half an hour of laying there with his insides churning, he got up, dressed, and went down to breakfast early, where he found the rest of the Gryffindor team huddled up at the long, empty table, all looking uptight and not speaking much. As eleven o'clock approached, the whole school started to make its way down to the Quidditch Stadium. It was a muggy sort of day with a hint of thunder in the air. Ron and Hermione came hurrying to wish over Harry good luck as he entered the changing rooms. The team then pulled on their scarlet Gryffindor robes, and then sat down to listen to Wood's usual pre-match pep talk. Slytherins have better brooms than us, he began. There's no point denying it, but we've got better people in our brooms. We've trained harder than we have. We've been flying in all weathers. Too true, muttered George Weasley. I haven't been properly dry since August. 
and we're going to make them rue the day that that they let their little bit of slime Malfoy buy his way onto the team. Chest heaving with emotion, Wood turned to Harry. It'll be down to you, Harry, to show them that a seeker has to has has to have something more than a rich father. Get that snitch before Malfoy or die trying, Harry, because we've got to win. We've got to. So, no pressure, Harry, said Fred, winking at him. As they walked out onto the pitch, a roar of noise greeted them, mainly cheers, because Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff were anxious to see Slytherin beaten, but the Slytherins in the crowd made their boos and hisses heard too. Madame Hooch, the Quidditch teacher, asked Flint and Wood to shake hands, which they did, giving each other uh, um, other threatening stares and r- gripping each other rather harder than was necessary. On my whistle, said Madame Hooch, three, two, one. With a roar from the crowd to speed up them upwards, the 14 players rose towards the leaden sky. Sorry about that. Um, Harry flew higher than any of them, squinting around for the snitch. All right, there, Scarhead, shooting underneath him as to show as to show off the speed of his broom. So, guys, that's all for today. I will be reading the other half of the chapter tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm not doing anything, so yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, as I said, I'm really, really happy to get back on to, um, on, um, Anchor again. It's been, it's been good these past few months, but I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that it'll be better, um, you know, just bringing you guys with a bunch of awesome Harry Potter content. Anyway, I'll catch you later. Bye.